the only thing better than writing a pull request is reviewing it and approving it. But what does that exactly entail? How can we ensure we have the best quality code before pushing it to production? Hi everybody, it's Samantha and Kara, and we're back with another episode that you don't wanna miss on the Deeper Than Tech podcast, where we talk about how to grow your career in the industry that was not designed with us in mind. We'll be diving deep into this topic, but before we do, if you're loving this podcast so far, make sure you go to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review. Okay, so as professional developers, we tend to have to do PRs and co-reviews, and we tend to use a system called Git. What is Git exactly? Yeah, good question. Git is a version control system. And when I first kind of like got into it as a developer, I think what I related it to at the time, which I think still resonates, is thinking about the way that you use Google Docs, for example, when you're trying to write something or even right before Google Docs came out, right? Like you're writing something, you have some document and you want to, you know, use a better word or add, you know, something else. Or for example, you might want other people to jump in and try and add information to a document, right? So you see all everyone's, you know, pointers all over the place, that kind of thing, right? So if somebody accidentally deletes a whole paragraph or, you know, something happens and you want to be able to go back, that process of being able to go into your history and and come back to see that version that you wanted from before it was deleted, and that would be something that would version control would help make happen. So in order for you to do that with code, developers created a system called Git to help folks be able to do that with code. And that is a system that you can use locally on your computer and it gives you the capability of making some code happen on any kind of file that you're doing or any kind of document or file you have. Protect and watch those files for any changes that may happen so that you can then document those changes and then, you know, save every time that you do something pretty much in a documented way. That is definitely what Git is. I like the analogy you had about like Google Docs. We're also familiar with Google Docs. So version control is plus one on that one. You mentioned that we can find it locally on our computer. How do I interact with Git on my computer? Yeah, I think depending on how you get started as a developer I and folks who want to use GitHub or things like that, right? Your first foray into what would be Git might either be from GitHub or from your local computer. And those are two kind of ways that you can interact with Git, but the most direct way for you to interact with it would be on the command line on your computer, right? And that is a software that you might even just natively have on your computer, but if not, it's something you would be able to download from your command line. And when I say command line, I'm usually talking about, depending on what kind of computer operating system you have. You might be working on a Mac, so you might have like a terminal. So any place that you will find something called a terminal on your computer. So for like PC folks, that might be like a PowerShell kind of program. For Mac folks, that I think is usually like iTerm or Terminal or some Bash, but that is where you're going to like engage the command line, quote unquote, right? So that's usually where we're gonna engage with Git. If you want to do things that are on like the browser, you can even get in touch with this on your mobile phone. That would be using platforms like GitHub or GitLab that through being able to connect your 
computers like identity and github or just signing up for an account on github right basically gives you access to a git repository kind of platform that you can use on the web yeah a lot of companies actually use these for their git and version control like at my company we use github very important to learn this system but what part of your coding journey should you learn it's interesting because before I was a developer, I would go to hackathons and I personally recommend everybody kind of try their luck at like just participating in hackathons. Even if you don't think that you can contribute anything to it, like in code, for example, that doesn't mean that you can't come to it from a perspective of, you know, bringing your lived experience or other kinds of things like that. So like, that was my mindset. I'm like out here on, you know, on the streets at these hackathons. And one of these hackathons I went to, we did create a repository and used Git. And at that point, we were just trying to like make a solution that we thought we would want to see in the world. But I had zero idea what even the word repository was. And so that learning like continued through my you know career in tech. So I would say try and get acclimated to the language. And that might be even like creating a GitHub account. Even if you're like not familiar with your command line yet or know how to use or understand all the words that might be coming up when you create a GitHub account, like PR, repository, you know, source and, you know, all of these different kinds of words and particular context for definitions of these words, dip your toe in, try it out. And I think as you continue to use these systems, they're going to become more understandable and you're going to continue to see the value in using this. Having version control really creates a level of security and documentation for not just all the current people, but all the future people that are going to be interacting with your code or any work that you do. A lot of the code that I work with now at my company, TXI, are from clients that we've had that, you know, some people wrote that code maybe 10 years ago or something like that sometimes, you know, and being able to go back and look through the version history and read about the intention that that developer had at the time, the changes that we made, the reasoning behind them, and the actual process that they went through is giving me a lot of really useful information as I continue to maintain or care for code bases that I work with. So any point is a good point to start and to continue to dive in your knowledge and understanding of Git. I personally believe like as early on as you can too will be good because like the more practice you have, the better. Even if you're doing like a solo project, it's still good to like practice version control and keeping yourself organized. Yeah. I would definitely agree with that because the last thing you want to do is have your first experience of accidentally deleting something or accidentally, you know, like creating something that you didn't want to create, be in an environment where that's not going to be a fun experience or a professional experience for you to have to deal with. And yeah, it's always good to practice those out before they get into real intense waters. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully your company has systems where that does not happen where you accidentally delete the whole repo. I I mean, there have been stories, but hopefully your company has learned <laughs> to not have you have so much access. You also mentioned this thing called a PR. What exactly is a PR? Yeah. So I think it's important to note, and this is as you continue to learn about Git and the relationship it has with like GitHub or GitLab, right? That they're two distinctly different things. And I think it's hard at the beginning to understand the differences and that you can use Git by itself without using GitHub. But one of the main things that I think are beneficial to 
to GitHub is this concept of pull requests. So a pull request, if you think about the words themselves, pull means that I'm going to pull in something. And basically when you're doing code, you start with a main branch. Okay. So you have like a main copy of code that everybody uses in your project, for example, right? So everybody has the same paper or the same, you know, folder of files. When you want to add something or change something to that, you're going to branch out and then have a different set of, you know, make whatever changes you want. Once you're done with those changes, you're going to want to pull that back into the main branch. And the way to do that would be a re pull request. So you're requesting that that code be pulled in to the main branch. And the process of doing that on GitHub is, you know, basically like a document saying, here's what happened. Here are the changes I made. It's really good and important to kind of have some of that information. You can also get that information from the various commit messages that you do while you do your work on your branch. And then people can see, okay, these are the changes. These are the tests that they wrote. This is the way that I know that this is going to be okay once we merge this into the main branch. And then all of that code would then be distributed to everyone, right? So that's what a PR is. Yeah. You mentioned that people have to check your pull requests to make sure that it's okay to merge in. How can somebody get their pull requests approved fast? I know I personally have this problem sometimes, like my teammates, maybe a couple days, but I wanted to be merged in like an hour. Wait, how can you get your pull requests merged in fast? Yeah, this will happen various places. So like whether you're doing this work at a company or whether you're doing open source work where you're you know trying to contribute code to public repositories that have lots of people trying to do work, it's really important to understand the kind kind of like style or roles that your company or the repository owners have for contributing code and that you've kind of taken into consideration, will this code break anything that currently exists? Has this code been tested out and have tests been actually written so that you can prove that that it's not going to break anything, right? Those are like really important elements. And is this small enough that if I can look it over and understand it's like one encapsulated piece of work and not like 500 files, those are all elements that are going to help somebody be able to take time in a more quick an efficient manner to approve your pull request. I would suggest doing those things before making a pull request. GitHub also has a feature for making draft pull requests that I think can also help if you have a lot of folks on your team that are just like either really busy or want to see upfront what might be going on so that they can kind of get an idea of like what's going to be coming down. And that might also help, you know, somebody to understand like, oh, this person is about to do this kind of feature work. So I have the gist of what might be going on. So when that is an official pull request, it's a lot like a shorter process. Yeah. My favorite thing I have learned while trying to get PRs approved very fast is what you said is to have small PRs. Because <laughs> I feel like as developers, like if it's like one file I have to check, I can do that in like two seconds. But if it's like 13 files, I'm like, I don't want to do that today. <laughs> Let me do that tomorrow. <laughs> so I yeah, feel yeah. And I think it's also just really good to like have, you know, a practice of being succinct. And I know that can definitely run away with me sometimes. Like I want to make sure that all the edge cases are dealt with. And, you know, that might mean that this ends up being a bigger repository 
repository, but having really good encapsulated things will also help it get merged in and also help if there is to be a necessary like divergence of that code or we need to like walk that back, right? So yeah, just keeping all of those things together, I think will work really well. So we talked about approving PRs, getting yours approved by other people, but how can I review somebody else's PR? Like what are some good tips? So yeah, code reviews versus submitting PRs are just as important. And I think that everybody should have the experience of doing that, no matter what kind of level you are. So, you know, if you do see, if you work at a company and you see like senior folks or, you know, even like principal or staff, whatever level submitting pull request, take the time to read those over. And if there's something is coming up for you, either that requires explanation or that you're wondering like why somebody didn't do this or that, you know, put those kinds of questions in there. I think it's really important for that discussion to happen before the code merged in. So when you do a code review, it's important to read and summarize, like a summary doesn't already exist, read through all the summary, read through commit messages, and then also take time to actually look at the code. And a practice that I really appreciate is pulling down the branch. And this is something that, you know, try and practice as well. If somebody is doing work that can be tested locally on your computer, because I know everybody has that phrase works on my computer, right? But it, it might not work on everyone's computer. Your setup might not be the same as someone else's setup or the things that you know might not be the same as what other person knows or had been able to test, right? We might work on different browsers, for example. So it's always useful to pull down the branch or check it out and then run the tests on your computer or like try and run it on your browser locally, right? You might find some information that might be useful for that pull request to, you know, be checked out before it gets merged in. Yeah, I think even if you are a beginner, having those comments, because if somebody who's more senior should be able to explain it to you, and sometimes it will trigger something a senior might miss. You know, just because they have more years experience doesn't mean they know the correct way every single time. And you'd be surprised <laughs> how much you actually yeah. know just by reading somebody else's codes. Yeah. Well, one of my favorite things to do when I was a beginner also was asking folks to explain. A lot of times you get so stuck in your projects or the code that you're working in that you don't realize how coded your language might end up being able to have somebody with fresh eyes say, I don't understand, you know, why are you using this term or this word doesn't make any sense or like these methods don't really have like explanations for how it's used to provide an example because that's all going to be useful for anybody that's going to be coming into that project in the future. And all of that documentation will be worth it. You hit on this a little bit, but like having a summary on your PRs. What are some other things you can include in your PR that be helpful for other people? So depending on, you know, again, company or open source, sometimes if you are doing something that is based on either the deprecation or some change that happens in a dependency that you might be working with, you know, linking out to that so that somebody can go and get caught up with why you were making those changes if it doesn't have to do only with you and your decision. Also, leaving any links for any other kinds of documentation, particularly when it comes to like GitHub, being sustainable synced in your PR title, if it refers to maybe a project that you're working on that has a particular like ticket number. So like adding that ticket number information in there so people can cross reference the information that they have and just making sure that you're doing clean commit messages. It's something that always comes back to for a lot of folks on, you know, that I've interacted with as a developer, making sure that you have succinct,
succinct, but also very clear commit messages that help people understand the intent and the exact thing that happened for that particular commit of work. And when you get into it, you can just start get blaming people, which is like an extension <laughs> with on your editor where you can like look up the get blame. Of course, you're not blaming your coworkers, but with that commit message, you could kind of understand more of why this line happens. I'm not sure if your company already has this, but a good idea would be like in your commit messages, always make sure you like link Jira ticket number. I found that very helpful because like you can look at the line, find the Jira ticket number, then go look on Jira and like get more history about what's going on. So if your company doesn't have it, maybe bring that to your company and they can like give you a plus one for your hard work. (laughs) Something that I did at my company was create a template for my PRs and GitHub helps to kind of allow for that. A GitHub templates is like a function that GitHub has so that when you open a PR, it already has a format for you for your descriptions, which I found to be like super helpful because I could also say like I did this, I checked this accessibility stuff. You know, I, I made sure I pulled a checklist of like, did I do this? Did I add this kind of stuff? Did I, you know, add the link to the ticket? All of that. And so it doesn't have to be something that you reinvent every time. And it's something you can share with others so that you have more formality and process to what's going to be provided in your PR. Writing PRs seem very tedious, but your future self will thank you. You will. You have to be like, why? (laughs) Why did I make the decision? (laughs) Yeah. The last thing you want is being like, how did this ever work? Right. It's like those kinds of questions and not be able to find any answers from all the PRs that you've done. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Deeper Than Tech podcast. Until next time, bye.